here we are, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This week, we have an amazing guest with us. We have Jay Stilipek, a renowned cosplayer who we met at All-Star Comic Con, a game master, which we're going to get into, and one of the more beautiful humans we have uh, ever encountered, both in the inside, but since outside was the first way we met you, <laughs> got to say... Absolutely strikingly beautiful. Oh, uh, start. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get in depth with Jay, I want to do a quick touch base with my sisters. Lily, uh, things going well in Spain? Uh, yeah, still on pretty much lockdown. Um, as like pretty strict, but um, we can leave for one hour a day in different, like, there's like the old people schedule and the like kids schedule so that the kids and the older people like above 70 are not in the same like space because it's you know we don't have that much space in the city but um but we're doing all right hanging in there um yeah pretty much it's uh it's i, I mean you see these like photos i don't know if you guys have seen these pictures from all over the world of the animals invading the cities like mumbai filled with flamingos and stuff like that so, I mean, we don't really have that here, but we have, like, there's these parrots that have, like, descended upon the city, and it, that's pretty cool. There's, like, these green big parrots, and I'm like, where have you guys it's like been? Par it's like parrot jungle in Florida. Okay, yeah. Becky. Uh, I realize things have gotten uh, really um, uh, pioneering out in Berkeley. That's the correct. I think that's the right word. Pioneering out in Berkeley, and your husband has instituted frontier medicine only with the children. I like to think of it more like old country than pioneering when it comes to him. I'm the pioneer woman here, you know, chopping the heads off chickens, but he is, um, he has instituted a rule that if you want a Band-Aid, you have to earn it. So our two-year-old is in the, she's starting the habit of, oh, I have a boo-boo, I need a Band-Aid. But now he, if she is to receive that Band-Aid, that wound needs to be serious enough that the disinfecting process will be more painful than the scrape itself, thereby earning her a Band-Aid. So, he so he's like cauterizing up, wounds with like So he like holds up stuff. like a liter sized jug of hydrogen peroxide. And he's like, if you want the Band-Aid, we have to one? clean. Who has one of those? <laughs> no, why? He's like, we have to clean it with this. And like, you kind of see her like teetering back. Should I, should I not? And she's like, do it. <laughs> he pours hydrogen <laughs> peroxide on it to disinfect it. And then she cries more and then she gets the band-aid and i have to do i'm horrified by this process she's gonna get so traumatized that at some point she one day she's gonna, gonna like be walking around the house with a head wound i think it's the opposite i think she's gonna become like ridiculously tough her feet are already starting to look like hobbit feet because she walks around with no shoes on but didn't um, your husband like was forced to take cold baths so he would like be more resilient as a child oh, yeah actually yeah um uh every his... day as an infant his mother put him in a colder and colder bath until it was Insane. a freezing bath to build his resilience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and immune system. Just Old the country here. Of your child's bath. Close. Oh so, okay. Well, 
<laughs> With that, let's get back to Jay, our amazing guest. I'm going to spend a few minutes just getting to know Jay with our audience, although you have been a guest before during our All-Star Comic-Con special. Um, uh, but let's first start with cosplay, which is where we met you. You do probably the most, no, definitely the most amazing Jean Grey of anybody on that I've seen uh, at a con, on Instagram. I think you own that one. Every once in a while, I feel like a cosplayer, maybe this is probably against cosplay philosophy, but like owns a particular character. And to me... Your 90s era X-Men Jean Grey, which is what we met you as, is perfection. But also Elastigirl, Samus, a whole bunch of others. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit just how you got into cosplay and, and, like, what's your cosplay philosophy? Like, what is your – how do you approach it? My cosplay philosophy is very much love what you cosplay and cosplay what you love. Because if you don't love it – I mean, yeah, you can. I, I know people who cosplay a character just because they look a lot like that character, but they don't care about the character. They're not invested in the character. And that's okay. You're bringing joy to others, you know, fine. And I'm sure they do their homework, you know. But I also try to encourage people who think they can't cosplay or, oh, I, I don't have the body. I'm too tall. I'm the wrong skin color for the character that I love. Uh, the story I like to tell is I was at a small library convention. Uh, and I was dressed as Spider-Man all day. And there at the end of the convention, I did a little panel about cosplay and I start throwing up pictures and it's all of my female characters, you know, Samus and Maleficent and uh, a female Cobra officer. And these- Oh, that's a good one too. I forgot that one. That was awesome. And, and these young, young kids were just kind of like, uh, and I'm worried. I'm like, oh God, I hope the parents don't freak out that I actually femizent more than I masculizent. <clears throat> but everybody's really cool. And uh, when, when we took some pictures of all of us together, and about two hours after the convention, when it was all over, uh, an Instagram post popped up when I was tagged on it. And this woman had said, thank you to Jasmine Cosplays for doing this panel on, on cosplay and encouraging my daughter. She's been really anxious about making her own cosplay for the last couple of months because it was a boy character. And she didn't know if she was allowed to do it. She didn't feel comfortable doing it. But when she saw me killing it, wow. female characters, it instilled confidence in her to go ahead and start working on her cosplay. She's like nine years old. That's, that's such absolutely... a good story. Love that's, that story. I love that. That yes. is fantastic. And in fact, that is a... A backstory uh, to your cosplay heroics and um, but the thing that actually drew us to bring you back although honestly you're a great guest and we'd have you back under any circumstances is uh, another another area in which you have done amazing work and you are a game master and you have created a company you had like this incredibly successful Kickstarter I mean by, by comparison incredibly successful you know I uh, this is it better backstories and it's, I, I have been role-playing and playing Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars and uh, Firefly, GURPS, all types of role-playing games for over 30 years, uh, playing and running games as a game master or a dungeon master. And I always loved making characters. In my spare time, I would just sit at the back of, of the high school uh, during class and roll up random characters for Marvel superheroes. And I ended up with over 600 different superheroes which I eventually started writing stories for because you can't play that many characters at the same time. 
Uh, and then in D&D, I have over 200 characters, and I, so I very rarely play them, but I, I just like creating them from scratch and giving right. them all a unique life history. And that process, because I remember I've played D&D a few times, and the part I enjoyed most was at the beginning, you'd be like, well, what kind of character you want to be? I want to be an elf. Okay, roll some dice to see what your strength is, what your intelligence is, and that's how you build the basis of that. And what you're saying is, is you've expanded that even further. Exactly. In the current version of Dungeons & Dragons, you've got your race, elf, you've got your class, let's say rogue, and you've got a background. And this is what I like to call what you did, the job you did before you became an adventurer for hire, before you started going down into dungeons and collecting treasure or killing goblins. What did you do? Were you a farmer? Were you a sailor? Uh, did you have a shop? Were you uh, a folk hero? Or did you do something really cool in your hometown, like fight off a monster? And everybody's like, you're a hero. You should start you know, fighting, do, do this more often. Uh, or maybe you were a criminal and you did some time in jail. You know, and these, in the context of the game, D&D, they give you a little bit of backstory. You know, oh, I, <clears throat> something was stolen from me and, and I'm honor bound to, to track it down. Um, I was, I, I lost men in battle as a soldier and I'll, and I'll never get over it. I still hear the war drums in my sleep. So there's a couple of elements of backstory, but who were your parents? Where did you, where were you raised? You know, uh, there was less detail. So I used to use a, uh, a book uh, called uh, Central Castings, uh, what was it, which one? Um, Heroes of Tomorrow, I think it was called, for, for, it was for futuristic. And then Heroes, Heroes of Legend was for fantasy. And it was just, you roll a dice on a chart and it gave you a birthday it said your parents were, you know, your, your one parent was very foppish, you know, very like shabby looking all the time. Another parent was from a distant land and maybe uh, uh, well known for their, their singing voice. You could get really specific at oh, how many brothers and sisters you had. And then where were you raised? How were you? So you literally like went through your age. Okay. Well, when I was six, this happened. When I was eight, that happened. When I was 12, this, you know, I, oh, wow. I found a, an animal in the woods and I brought it back and I healed it back to, to goodness and, and it bonded with me. Was somebody saying something? No, I, I had said like, oh, wow, like that is an extensive amount of detail. It and was then, very extensive. And I and, loved using it to make my characters more real, more robust, because I feel that a proper backstory to a character is what gives the character more of its life. If you think of Star Wars, if we didn't, if, it, if, it, if, if not for Anakin Skywalker's arc and being Luke's father, Luke's story would be kind of hollow and empty. You know, okay, okay, so he's a, he's a down on his luck farm kid who blew up a space station, but let's go deeper. His father is actually- right, There's like trauma there that's trauma. important to his character. Right, and, and, and contributes to his, his goals and his motivations. Right. Why does he want to get back at the Empire? Why does he want to become a Jedi? Why, you know, and then of course, Leia was his sister. Oh my gosh, you know? Right. So all of those details, I feel, make a character better and easier to, to role play. Uh, so the books were nice, but I wanted something of my own that I could like sell at a convention. I was like, oh, I'll go to a convention, I'll have a table and I'll like roll, roll up backstories for people. And I was like, well, I'm not, I don't wanna use another product. And I was like, and who's going to just bring their character sheet along with them? And I said, maybe I could put them on index cards. I could have like just basic details. And that slowly evolved into 
Better Backstories, which is wow. kind of like tarot cards. It's a deck of, the basic deck is 60 cards, and you give them wow. a quick shuffle, you flip a few of them over, and they'll have details on them. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work. Let me, let me turn off my background, <laughs> and I can show the card. Because they're, they're blue. They're kind of blue and yellow, so clearly they're going to... Get eaten uh, by, the, by the AI of Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So this one is the Explorer card. Wow. And it just says that you've been inspired to you know, travel the world and, and see new things. This one is the Cursed card. And just some things don't go well for you. You know, there's just something not right in your life. You know, you're, you're, you're unattractive or you're, you're unlucky or something like that. And you notice this one has a chart. So you can pick your own kind of bad luck curse thing, or you can play another card face down, which has a number on it. And then you see that number it, three. It, and, that, and then it corresponds to what you get. You carry so, a disease. So oh, this person is a walking yuck. plague. Um, so once you build this character, then what happens? Once you uh, go through the cards and you know mm -hmm. you pick out a few of them, and, you, and again, it's it's not a game; it is a um, a system. You know, it's a tool okay. for making ah, okay. backstories. And, and then I could use that character in any other game that I play. Exactly, it's it just, just helps me enrich my character. Yes, it's it's what I call genre neutral which means uh, it, the basic deck can be used in a fantasy setting, it can be used in a modern setting, it can be used in a sci-fi setting, it can be used in a Western, a horror, anything. But our plan is to create booster packs of like 10 extra cards that you can shuffle into the deck and uh, for like a Cthulhu uh, game or something like that, or not even a game, maybe you're just a writer. You know, you've, you've written this really gritty noir story uh, with your, your, your private eye detective who used to be in the army and, and he's got a limp and, you know, he, he's, he's got like issues with his mother. Maybe it's very clear, very well fleshed out character. But then as you're going along, you're like, okay, he meets, you know, so-and-so uh, that maybe the, he now has to work with a, a cop, a beat cop. His name's Jenkins. And you got nothing. Right. Well, <laughs> I have to say that it's it's really difficult. Like when we we're gonna play in a sec, Shy will lead us to the the game we want to play. But but even just like Shy threw up a bunch of names. He's like make backstories for these characters. I'm like this it's is not, not. I'm like this is not my not forte. Easy. I, I well, couldn't participate. I'm not. I just can't do it. It's hard. But it, it's more also of a producer than a writer. But Crap. you know, it's not even just the writing. You I feel like you automatically tend to go to yourself. To yes. think of like your own backstory, or well, what you or wish you your... automatically think of yourself, <laughs> or like, or, or I mean, I feel like it's the first place your head goes, and then you know, well, maybe what you would have liked is like, oh, what would be a fun backstory for yourself? It's really hard to get out of yourself, and then it's hard not to copy a lot of other backstories. That's more like my problem. Wait, I'm sure we'll get to this at the end of the show, but this is something I can buy, right? That I can, okay, because I actually I, I want to get it for for Vlad. I want to get it for. My husband, he, he, he draws, he sketches mm -hmm. and um, like all the time. I mean, that's what he does for a living. And he, he has this die that he rolls or I don't know if he uses it much anymore. And it gives him like kind of different, I forget, like words or features and things right. like that, that he then has to put into a character. And something like this could be super cool. Like the hidden. As an exercise, just as a, a creative yeah. writing exercise, as a drawing exercise. Except you could use it in so many ways, not just in the gaming world. It's a so cool. To him and he, he, he wanted to get it for his daughter, but then he was like, oh, wow, I could use this to write a song. And I'm That's like, true. <laughs> Go true. Ahead. Okay. 
But I love it. Very cool. Back to the Kickstarter itself. After I've been kind of slowly developing this for two years, I still have some of my original cards, which you know, like I, I just printed on like regular paper. Eh, mm -hmm. there you go. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. And then I started using um, business card stock. Mm -hmm. ah. And it's just, you know, and these was like perforated on a sheet of paper. And so those were some of my, my beta decks. And eventually I, I got this printed out a company called uh, makeplayingcards.com. So if you ever want to get like an actual set of playing cards with a, with a, pro, with a, a background. We have. Picture, <laughs> we have yeah, done like it. We, we, we've birthday. toyed with the Friday Night Movie home mm -hmm. game. Uh, we just, it needs another layer of development. <laughs> Yeah, but we made a, we made a deck for fun I'm, to have. Yeah, let me just share the Kickstarter screen for Lily and Becky to see. Oh no, I'm on the page. Oh, you're on. The I page. googled it while we were doing this. I've been reading. <laughs> I've been like scrolling through it. So, so I love it. a coworker who helped me with the video. Uh, we shot three different versions of myself talking to myself <laughs> in the same room um, about better backstories and what it what it does and, and needing your money. And it, I wanted about $3,000. I determined I could print about 500 decks and I figured I'd, I'd get a hundred backers, I'd give them a deck and then I'd sell the other 400 at a convention or something like that. I got over $25,000 <laughs> and 1,350 backers. Insane. I expanded to not just the, the core 60 cards, but I did my first two booster packs of a technical deck and a mystical deck technical being more sci-fi oriented, mystical being more magic oriented. And I bundled them all into a single box for my backers for the Kickstarter only. I also made a set of bookmarks based on quotes that a friend of mine provided and art provided by my friend Steph, Steph Wilson. I offered illustrations of the character of their of backers could get their character illustrated by my friend Blas Barros. And we did 20 of those, and I get to use those illustrations in all my marketing. So the cover of the box, the, um, the, the, the instruction manual, and eventually the website will have some of those characters that are original characters by uh, some of my backers. Obviously, this speaks to people, and it connects with people, and it's something that's important um, to, a whole, to various communities of gamers and role-playing and like we're saying and i'm now just on this pod we're thinking of all the things beyond that those worlds where it could be used it's very cool yeah. so it's so really... i'm just looking on the page right now yeah. as of now you're not taking new orders it's it's funded correct we, we were fully funded uh we were fully funded in six days and uh by the end again we had twenty five thousand dollars and uh the you know we got the money in mid-january and i was working with a new card company in china and things were going fine. Oh. Uh, mm. uh, I've also got a t-shirt company who I just paid for, for the actual transfers. And they're going to set up a website to, so people can get this, this uh, as, as one of your uh, t-shirt options. The backers will have access to a special little badge that says, I backed it, which they can either put on the bottom, they can put it on the sleeve, you know, they can put it wherever they want, any color shirt they want. And then we're going to split the split the profits uh, with them, and we'll see how that goes. And that'll be open to everybody, not just my backers. Um, so some of my backers bought just a downloadable, self-printing PDF version of the cards. It's mm. the cards laid out on a sheet of paper. You print it out one-sided, and then you cut them out and fold them in half and then tape them. 
and then you've got like kind of a slightly thicker card material, or you can print it on cardstock if you really want to go that far. But it's tricky because every card has a unique front and back that have to match. So you can't just willy-nilly mix and match the, the fronts and backs together. Um, so it's a little tricky. But a good uh, 300 people, I think, just took that option. And that was just a really, it was a cheap option. And they've already gotten that. So that printable PDF is available. I'm willing for people, if people want to PM me, either on Better Backstories Kickstarter or on my Facebook page, Better Backstories, or even Instagram, Better Backstories, um, or go to my main page. Go to Becky my is private messaging you right now. <laughs> um, I'm currently offering the self-printed PDF for $10. And I will basically email it to you. You send me a PayPal or go to my coffee page co or Kofi page and send me 10 bucks. And I will email it to you and you can print it out right away and start using it. Um, I'm working with a web designer to actually have an actual website. I've already purchased the domain betterbackstories.com, also betterbackstories.net, also better-backstories.com and .net, just in case. And Art. we're going to have, it's a little website explaining what Better Backstories is, and we're going to start trying to sell the PDFs on that site. As far as printing more hard, the decks are currently in production in China. They're actually going to start printing them this week. And then they're going to airmail me a couple of sample copies so that I can start taking pictures and using them for um, uh, demonstration purposes. And then they're going to freight the rest of them to me. So it's going to be about another two months to get for, until that ship comes in. And then I'm going to have, you know, 5,000 decks filling up my apartment, <laughs> which I then need to put in individual envelopes and mail all over the world. We got people in Australia, uh, wow. Hong Kong, Dubai, Scandinavia, Germany, uh, Canada, mostly in the, all over the U.S. So, and unfortunately, if you ever do a Kickstarter, make sure you account for not only the shipping to you, but the shipping to them. Make sure that you have a, use the option where they select what country they're in, because I just put a flat rate, seven dollars anywhere in the world. Shipping's a little gonna be a little tough to Australia. Yeah, well, Australia is a little weird, but the worst one is a deck of cards like this to South South Africa, 21 bucks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're all over the place. And some people, somebody, somebody and I think it was uh, somewhere in Scandinavia, I don't, I don't know which country and I don't want to get it wrong, but they contacted me and they said, so do you realize that when the mail gets here, we have to pay for the delivery when it arrives? So if I pay 10 bucks for the deck, 10 bucks right. for your shipping, I'm going to be paying another 50 That's like me here in Spain, same here. thing. Yep. You have to pay customs yeah. on it. So mm -hmm. I hadn't accounted for all that. Secondly, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that the, the money I was given by Kickstarter counted as untaxed income, meaning here's $25,000. By the way, you haven't paid taxes on it. I owe $9,000 in taxes. That's like of... winning at Wheel of Fortune or whatever, Price exactly. is Right, and then and it, you got to pay taxes won, on the car that you want. Higher tax bracket, so I now I owe more taxes. And luckily, I've set up a, a payment plan with the IRS, a couple of hundred dollars a month. And once I start getting some profits rolling in, I can uh, I can pay that off. But if I'd have, if I'd have known that, I may and it was probably in the Kickstarter agreement somewhere, in small print. And I just didn't read it, so that's my fault. Also, who does a Kickstarter expecting to make twenty five thousand dollars? Right, you also thought you were going to make three three thousand dollars. Right. Well, let's when I reached $10,000, I got a notice that said, oh, by the way, we're at, you're actually going to get a tax form now. Oops. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's 
I mean, let's put the backstory skills to to I wouldn't say the test, but to, for the enjoyment of our listeners, we picked a few as a group. Uh, the four of us picked a few random characters to do some backstories for. Um, uh, I uh, and I and I and I think everybody's done a little bit of thinking, except Becky, who gave up. No, and... I have some ideas. <laughs> Excuse so me. The, the first one I want to start with, this is an all-time favorite. He's quoted regularly on our show, and that is Jimmy Moore, which is John Lovitz's character in The Wedding Singer, known for that great moment where he says, you know, he's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits. Um, uh, I, I would say... Wedding what would DJ. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting a DJ. So, oh, no, he's not a DJ. No, no she he's says, the... Right. He says, can, can you get a DJ that exactly. can move and shake, shake like, like this? this? Right. So um, to my sisters, do, do either of you have a good backstory for Jimmy Moore? Well, now I feel like after really understanding the, the essence of what a backstory should be. Right. I so I have one. Self-conscious. Shy, shy. I was wondering if you have a backstory for Jimmy Moore. That <laughs> I mean, share. I do. I have it written down. Okay. So Jimmy Moore went to a bar mitzvah in the 1970s and at that bar mitzvah the first ever bar mitzvah party animator uh performed and was leading people in dances and could move and could shake and in that moment jimmy moore had this dream that one day he would move and shake audiences in social halls all across new jersey and he 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 studied the greats, um, uh, and in the early days, he really was one of the first people in the in the eighties to corner this market of of like band leader, but also party animator. Right, and like leading like a conga line. He led he led conga lines. Yeah. Uh, he led sort of organized horror dancing, maybe some electric slide, and um, thought he really owned it. But then, like many people who get the taste of fame, he just he let himself go. He was taking too many free drinks from the open bar. He was uh, eating way too many of those tiny little egg rolls that you get at oh, uh, yeah. at weddings, and he's getting sort of sweaty and also remember this is a time where i would say um uh, respect for the uh for women in particular was uh i would say less tolerated and and or not less tolerated uh less of a priority and so his expectations that people would just be bring him bridesmaids as gifts was like a normal thing and then what happens is this young more um uh, more hip evolved? with the times evolved Robbie Hart comes on the stage and suddenly Jimmy Moore is starts to lose his business and he's scrounging and he's hanging on and that that's part of what leads him up oh. to that moment okay all right I like that I like it you approve loaded on egg rolls and fame <laughs> I, I do approve and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow on uh, that one of the reasons that he kind of enjoys going to these things not just for his his you know backstory with seeing the the people at his bar mitzvah and wanting to emulate that but he lost love he he had a, a, a very hot very wonderful love, ro romantic relationship but they were taken away from him they didn't leave him they were taken away from him and he never found them again 
So he's subconsciously always looking like, well, you know, maybe he met her originally at a wedding. So subconsciously, he's like, what if I go? If There's maybe no email then. Sometime. And he's always, always searching for her. And he drowns his sorrows in food and uh, alcohol. It's way more sympathetic than mine. It's really good. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's keep moving through the characters. I want to make sure we have enough time. I'm actually going to. You're not going to let me do my Jimmy Moore? Oh, no, you had a Jimmy like, Moore. We have like I six have... characters. Okay, I'm going to do. A we're quick not doing Jimmy all Moore. the characters then. Then do your Jimmy no, no, Moore. I'm going to do a quick do Jimmy, Jimmy Moore. Okay. So he was a famous star in the '70s on like a variety show. Huh. Okay. Like it, and then and then he like the show gets canceled eventually. This is early seventies, and he kind of ends up using that fame to become a, like a wedding singer to the stars in the seventies. But then basically by the eighties, he's just doing like the Jersey wedding circuit, and can't compete with Robbie Hart because Robbie Hart's like way cooler and doing like eighties pop, pop songs. But he's still stuck in the seventies, um, so his career is pretty much getting ruined. He's divorced. So he has that to deal with. He's very spotty on child support and has hyperhidrosis, which is the condition where you sweat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's one that I, I, I set Sorry. up specifically for Lily because she's been watching a lot of Transformers lately with my nephew. It's very quick. Uh, and uh, Grimlock the Dinobot, I you you now you know like you you're cheating because I know you had to watch this episode many times. So this is like I cannot wait to see uh, what his, you determined is. Like I'm just curious, this this part of the segment, just so we're clear, is for no one, right? It's just for Lily. I mean, <laughs> we can all very laugh quick, at it, but it's not even quick. an audience member because this is just it's for Lily, quick. just for Shy and Lily. Go. Grimlock's backstory is that he has a small brain. Is <laughs> a small brain? Why does he have a small brain? They because dinosaurs had small brains, and when they first made him, made him, and he had a bigger brain, he like short circuited and killed everyone. So they're like, "Oh no, we have to go back and make him a small brain." So he originates as a small brain dinosaur, <laughs> right, and so he's a T Rex. So That's I'll seg I'll segue from there for one that was. One that was suggested by Jay, and I would like it known, Jay, that I was the only one in my family who knew who this was at first. Actually, Absolutely. actually, I knew who exactly who it was. Oh, so and fine, the reason Lily. I didn't answer in the chain is because I was like, Lily's so dumb, I can't even answer this. <laughs> I don't believe you that you knew who it was. Lily I said, 100% knew Lily who it said, was. I think I Jay is mixing up Back to the Future with... Oh. Oh, that's. I thought you were talking about the last Starfighter. We're, no, no, we're starting. I have with, no idea what that is. We're starting with oh, Uncle so, oh. Joey from Back to the Future. Yeah, right. I, no, I confused him with Marty's brother, Dave. No, the, Uncle Joey the is the one that's in jail, jail at the beginning right, of yes. the first one. He is yes. the. He's the unseen. Person yeah. Mentioned multiple times. He was even in a uh, deleted scene from uh, Back to the Future Two. What? That's what? amazing. All right, so Jay, take us to it. Uncle Joey, who we see as a baby in the little in the in the bars of the playpen, <laughs> and he says, "Oh, get used to these bars, Uncle Joey." How did Uncle? What is Uncle Joey's story? I believe Uncle Joey uh, in the playpen spent a lot of time watching the new television, and he grew up on things like Gunsmoke and Star Wars and Star Trek and all of these very hyper violent kind of shows. So he got obsessed with the military. But he could never get into the military because he had flat feet from, you know, being stuck in a crib on, on the soft padding all the time, right? Oh. And he became very bitter, so he got involved with uh, uh, what he thought was a gun club, but they turned out to be kind of like less, repu less reputable than he thought. 
And next thing he knows, he's in jail for gun running. Wow. Really thoughtful backstory. Like that, that, that tracks. And that came from one card, which was obsession. What? And, That's amazing. So you used, military and war. So you used better backstories to develop that character. That's okay. amazing. That's amazing. Okay. But I'm also kind of creative. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you did write the cards. So, <laughs> so the, another one, this one made me so happy that you referenced this movie. I love this movie, even though it scared me as a kid. Hands down favorite movie. The first movie to use all computer animated spaceships. There's no models uh, at all. And when you go back and look at it now, it's, it seems obvious. But at the time, it was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I remember seeing it as a kid. The Last Starfighter, you mentioned Grig. I sent my sister's video clips on YouTube so they could catch up quickly I on Grig. Because he's a very erudite reptilian alien. Um, in my view, clearly educated at some of the best schools. Mm -hmm. um, and comes from a very large and long line of 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 a family uh, a family. And that I'm pulling a little bit from the movie because he does show his huge family and all those little pictures at one point when they're comparing their family sizes, um, when they're comparing pictures. But how um, before Jay does his backstory, I'd like uh, to turn to my you sisters. Want to, you want to hear uh, mine? Because Jay's going to school everyone, and and I and I'm really going to. Well, I knew nothing. Thing except the clips that you sent of him <laughs> laughing so i don't know anything about this i wrote grig has had a popular stand-up career and played the part of a fun uncle on the intergalactic full house before becoming a pilot people are clearly tired of his iconic laugh and tagline don't cut it out <laughs> <laughs> i love i love how in sci-fi in sci-fi things it's like there's no other media there's no books, there's no TV shows, there's no nothing. But then you take something like, like uh, The Fifth Element, where Ruby Rudd was a, a oh. radio star, you know? Right. Uh, but it's like in Star Wars, there's no other context. There's no news channels, there's no. Right. You know, where, where no are TV shows? Entertainment. Yeah, other than so like he odd was, chess games. <laughs> so he was, yeah, he was on TV in the intergalactic you know version of uh family comedy <laughs> all right uh jay what what was your backstory for uh for greg uh well first i want to point out that he's played by dan o'hurley which uh if you don't know that was the old man in the original robocop the the boss oh, the end, who goes wow. dick you're fired <laughs> that's greg that's Not amazing. Dick, but the old man. He doesn't even have a name. He's just the old man. And I didn't know that until only a couple of years ago. And I was like, no. And I went and looked it up. And yeah, it's him. Uh, anyway, so I just I picked a couple of cards. And I got that he was born in a strange location and that one of his family members was not well-liked. They were infamous. And he was born in the wilderness. So I think now we know that his race lives underground. Uh, and in caves and such. So what would be the wilderness for them? Just anything above ground. Maybe his parents uh, crashed a starship uh, or a shuttle on, on the return from somewhere and uh, the mother was pregnant and uh, he was born along with his 17 brothers and sisters, you know, all one clutch, I suppose, <laughs> we're, we're all born at the same time. Uh, and that kind of, but, but then what was realized is that the cause of that accident is that his father was originally an assassin and they were and somebody was like targeting that ship 
And that caused a lot of tension between the mother. She's like, you, you promised that your job would never affect me and my children. And now we were all almost killed. So that kind of caused a division uh, in, in their family, in their uh, family uh, uh, dynamics. And then, you know, he uh, developed a love for uh, navigation and the stars. He was always, you know, going out to that one little cave that could, you could actually see the stars. And eventually he joined uh, the Star League to become a navigator and an engineer because he actually worked on uh, Gunstar 1. You see, Becky's like riveted. Becky's like, I didn't oh, want to see this movie, and now I want to see now this movie. Now I need to see this movie. All right, so we're talking origin stories here, too. And uh, what's a, a great little factoid, Becky and Lily, that you missed is that while we have created By Renter Man for this show, Jay has been doing a different version of this, or, or your own version of this is the best way to describe it, for yeah. decades. For me, it, it dates back to when I was in Spain, and um, oh, wow. the only English-speaking channel I had access to off base was Cartoon Network. So <laughs> even though I was in my early 20s, I kind of had a, a reconnection with Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory, Cow and Chicken, and if I wanted movies, I had to go and rent them on base, and I would watch a movie, and if I liked it enough, I would take it to work, and we had a uh, copyright override. And I could Hilarious. copy it to another VHS tape without the squirrely lines. Um, and I told a friend once, I said, oh, this movie, we're watching My Best Friend's Wedding. And we were watching, I said, oh, this is a buyer. This is such a buyer. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, oh, if a buyer means I'm actually going to spend money on the actual tape. And I'm actually Amazing. Amazing. Uh, 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 talk about a better backstory for a buy right man. <laughs> a keeper is one that I like it enough to watch it again, so I'll make a copy of it and keep it for myself. And then meh was like, that's two hours of my life I don't get back. And um, the funny thing was is that he later bought me a copy of Aww, my uh, that movie, of uh, My Best Friend's <laughs> Wedding. And I was like, what are you doing? I already made a copy. He's like, it was a buyer. <laughs> and I'm like, to save money, I will keep a buyer. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, awesome. buy, let's buy rent and miss some backstories. Um, get, being conscious of time, I'm going to jump to the one that I'm most excited to do with this group. And that is Luke, Ray, and Han Solo. Each one, one yeah. each one can be only one, buy rent or meh. And uh, uh, raise your hand if you've got an opinion on this one already. Lily. I'll be fast. Luke, I buy... And part of the reason is, like, maybe if I had just seen New Hope, I wouldn't really be able to buy it. But when you look at the whole canon, then I think Jay's 100% right. There's so much layer, trauma, you know, all that that goes into who he is, especially at the end of the whole thing. Um, but I think his is really the richest, his twin sister. Like, there's so many layers. Concur. Ray, I would rent because in the end it's cool, but we definitely like can tell that somebody did a 180 there and was like, rawr, rawr, this is shit and turn that around. So in the end, I think it's good enough, but I wouldn't, you know, spend money on it. And then Mehan Solo, because I don't even, I don't even remember that movie. And I feel like it was like a total betrayal that there was like another girlfriend. I'm not okay with that. And, um, yeah, no, no. Okay, for argument's sake, for argument's sake, let's, I'm going to ignore the weird, you know, the, like you said, like the weird, like, 
choices by each director and writer in the in the last three films and all of a sudden filling plot holes and things and i'm gonna buy ray because i feel like for her backstory which she being a descendant of palpatine and having to really journey this in a way on her own and come to the ending that she came to of choosing to be a Skywalker, I feel like that shows an incredible amount of strength of character, especially because she spent so much, like she didn't, like on the other hand, Luke, yes, while he comes, while he, his father is Darth Vader, he kind of still lives a pretty nice childhood. He's loved and he's taken care of and he's la di da you know? And I feel like Rey never had that luxury. So she's starting from a place that is much much more um, challenging and and from like every moment of her life, she has to choose to be a good person. Um, it's not like all of a sudden one day there is a turn of events and then she has to start making those hard choices. And so for that reason, based on backstories, not just trajectory, but backstory, I choose Ray as my buy. Luke is my rent, and I couldn't care less about Han Solo's backstory. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Jay, take us to it. Maybe um, if Jay writes it, we will. <laughs> um, if I had on on that regard, I'm gonna go with um, Becky on that one. Ooh. Uh, just Ooh. because Luke okay, is a very traditional hero's journey. Oh, uh, he's yeah. out of nowhere. Uh, it, again, if you like you said, if you only look at New Hope, he's yeah. literally we don't know who he is. There's there's no yeah. connection to. You'd Darth have Vader. to look at the whole thing. He's pretty Empire. basic. Yeah, you don't know anything. He's just the 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 loser who saved the world, and that's that's a very typical hero's journey. And it's it's made more interesting by the addition of other stuff. Ray is established very in her own movie as an independent, make her own fate type of person. You know, here she is, she's living as a scrapper. You know, she's, she's doing what she has to to survive. Uh, clearly, she's got some talent with flying and, and, and engineering. You know, that becomes very evident. Um, and I, I like the fact that she's a, a Palpatine in some respects because it goes against what a lot of people expected. But even in the first movie, there, after she'd taken um, uh, Finn away from Jakku, she was like, well, I got to get back to Jakku. You guys, later guys, I got to get back to Jakku. And I was like, why? why? You're, you're free now, right? Everybody else is like, why would you want to return to that desert planet? And two things. Number one, it's all she's ever known. And two, I always felt that she had been force hypnotized. Wait here. Wait uh... here. Ooh. And it wasn't until she touched the lightsaber that hmm. her force mind reset and she realized I need to start making my own decisions. Oh, that's awesome. That is great. That's a great. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I have the luxury of going last, so I'm wow, this is tough cuz Luke is one of my favorites ever, but the but the choice to have him like spontaneously nearly murder his nephew really just is a hard one for me. So I'm going to go with Ray um, <laughs> for all of the reasons that that you all just said. And then I'm going to go Luke because when you get to that final moments, those final moments of Luke in Rise of Skywalker, I, I, I do enjoy him learning lessons all the way until the very end. I think that's a great example. And Han Solo, while my mother will be upset that, you know, I didn't enjoy any of the choices that were made in the solo movie, Han Solo is a character a little bit like Boba Fett 
I I don't want to know his backstory. Whatever the backstory they're going to come up with, it's not going to be as cool as my imagination, and it is not integral to the saga. And so, therefore, mm. let it just be like the man with no name in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Let it be that sort of, like, that character from, the, I mean, the cowboy from the Magnificent Seven kind of character that... Um, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that he is kind of feels like he is. Yeah. So, um, I am, uh, going to, um, uh, I'm going to be producing a live show in a couple of moments. And so, uh, let's, let's do our, I'd love to hear everybody's social media stuff before we wrap up the show. Jay, take it away. All the places people can follow you. Okay. Uh, you can find me on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and um, I don't remember what my YouTube is. If you look for Jay Stilipek, J-A-Y Stilipek, on uh, just like my name here on YouTube, you'll find me. I've just started doing a weekly video blog talking about my favorite subject, and it's uh, mostly about my life and my transgender journey. I'm currently going through a series of 30 questions that transgender people tend to get, um, wow, and I'm oh, wow. that's five. so cool. Profound and very generous generous of you yeah. to share. My life is an open notebook full of little sticky pads that keep falling out. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Well, Lily, what can people follow what you're doing? Wait, he, did, he has to say his handle. Right, my handle, the best handle to find me is jazzray22, and that's J-A-Z-R-A-E-2-2. And that's on most of the platforms. You'll find my cosplay on Twitter. You'll find my cosplay on Facebook. You'll find my, my TikTok and my Instagram. And then if you just want to look me up, Jay Stelopek, I'm the only one in the world. That's awesome. Uh -huh. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody, please check out Jay's work on in all of the different areas. Um, just an absolutely beautiful human. Uh, Lily, uh, what do you have to follow up all of that awesome with? Where can people follow you? Just on um, Twitter and Letterboxd. And um, I've revealed the backstory behind this handle many times, so I won't get into it today. But it's C at C-H-I-C-H-I-T-T-K. Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z, um, and that's it. <laughs> and Becky, where can people follow you? At Paper BK Princess on Twitter and Letterbox. And shout out to my current favorite backstory, Uhtred, son of Uhtred, Uhtred the Godless, Uhtred of Bebenba. Greatest backstory. And you can follow From me. The Last at, Kingdom. <laughs> at Pancake4Table on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. And you can follow the whole show and everything we do at Fry Night Movie on Instagram and Twitter principally or FridayNightMoviePod.com. And the music, the theme song, which we'll put in post production, is what by What Does It Eat? And thank you so much to our guest, Jay Silipek, for being thank here. You. Thank so you so much. Thank you so much. To, to keep checking out all the amazing things that you're doing.
All right, I've got to hop off. Everyone. Bye. Disc, Donnie Disco's aerobic uh, Jewish folk <laughs> dance workout. That's an actual <laughs> thing that I that I help help, help run every week for my friend. Um, uh, all right. Thank you, you so much, Jay.